0: Hey Mamas, welcome back to the Nurturing Parent Podcast. Today we have episode number 88, Navigating Difficult Behavior When Big Changes Happen at Home. And those changes may look like a parent separating, a death in the family, a new sibling joining, a step parent coming in on the scene, a child witnessing or being subjected to abuse of any kind, moving into a new home, or starting a new daycare my oldest just started a daycare so we have been adjusting to this big change and the unwanted behaviors that she has been demonstrating so i truly appreciate this episode and i want to thank our listener for writing in and without further ado let's get into it
1: hey mama welcome to the nurturing parent podcast do you want to end the constant battles for bath time? Do you find yourself emotionally exhausted at the end of the day? Do you wake up with big hopes for a smooth day of fun with your little ones, only to face an early morning meltdown because you peeled their banana the wrong way?
0: Really, you.
1: Really, you.
0: Hey, I'm Serena, I'm a mama of two little ones, and as a new mama, I constantly questioned myself. I wanted to make sure I was raising respectful kids while also building a strong bond with them. But I discovered that I had to unlearn my ideas that punishment was the way. With Amalisa's encouragement, I've been practicing a respectful and gentle parenting approach, which is strengthening our bond as a family.
1: And hi, I'm Amalisa. Ama means grandmother in Icelandic, I am a mama and an ama. And I have over 40 years of experience in childcare and parent coaching, and I am so excited to share the knowledge I've gained over these years with you.
0: Together in this podcast, each week we will explore some easy to implement skills you can add to your parenting tool belt to help you create a happy, thriving family.
1: Hello, on today's episode, we've got our next listener q and a, and we have a question from Myra coming up. But just before we get into it, I wanted to um I wanted to just talk about the topic overall, and I just want to say that even though as parents we may wish well we do we wish to keep our children's world, a safe and happy place. And big changes happen. So it doesn't always feel safe and happy. And that's okay. I mean, it's important to know that's just life, right? That's okay. But to look at, um, our listener has a specific big change that's happened in their world. But I wanted to point out that this episode is really for all of you, for each one of you listening. Because big changes might include things like parent separation or divorce, a death in the family, a new sibling joining a family, which sounds like a completely different kind of change, like a positive change. And for a young child, it's a big change. A step parent coming in on the scene, whether just dating the other parent or moving in, those are big changes. And again, we think they're positive, but a young child will react in some of the similar ways that our listeners' children are reacting. Um, and a child may witness being subjected or or be subjected to some kind of abuse. Um, that's That can cause these kinds of reactions. Moving to a new house or to a new neighborhood can be a really big change for a child. And starting a new school or daycare can also elicit these kinds of behaviors or new or confusing or different behaviors that the parents confused about.
0: We are actually going through that change right now, adjusting to daycare life and a Monday through Friday, all day long day for my three-year-old at daycare. And so that has been a big change. So I'm excited for today's conversation because I know you're going to give us lots of great tools.
1: Yes. So the reason I want to list all those things is because in Myra's world, she and the children are dealing with one of these big changes that we listed. But I wanted to say to you, listener, that you don't have to be experiencing the same situation to be dealing with some of these same kinds of behavioral changes that we'll be addressing today. So that's just a little, a little preview. Challenging behaviors can erupt anytime. Um, sometimes even it might seem out of the blue completely. Uh, and... If we look, we might discover that they're the result of big changes that are going on in a small child's world. So could you read us the question today? Yes. So Myra says, hi, I need some
0: advice. I feel like I'm going crazy. Me and my kid's father separated in February of this year, a few months ago. Ever since then, both my kids have been acting out. My oldest, a two-year-old, does not listen whatsoever. She fights with her one-year-old brother all the time. She has an attitude all the time. She also opens the door when no one is looking and goes outside. I've tried to explain to her why she can't do that, and she still does it. Any advice?
1: Mm. Okay, Myra, first of all, our hearts go out to you. Separation of the parents is one of the biggest, if not the biggest and hardest challenges you will have to face in your parenting journey. Really sorry that you're having to go through this. And thank you so much for reaching out. We were never meant to navigate any of this parenting journey thing alone. And even the easy stuff. It can feel hard when we feel like we're doing it alone, right? That's why our first name for our podcast was We Are the Village Parenting Podcast. Um, And we're glad that you could reach out to us and feel like we, that we can be a village for you. We really hope that some of our suggestions today help you find your way through. And uh, please get back to us and let us know. Before we get into the acting out behaviors that you listed and how they are likely related to the big changes in your life, in your case, the separation from their dad, and how to best address and deal with those behaviors, we need to address the safety issue of the toddler unlocking the door and going outside alone. And listener, I want you to know, we have reached out to Myra privately so she didn't have to wait for this episode to come out um, before she got this from us this information I want to say really clearly that when there is a safety issue we need to act fast and decisively as parents it is our job to keep our children safe if you're two-year-old or any age child has learned to unlock the doors independently and is going out the door when no one was is looking, you need different locks or some kind of safety locks, period. As you have learned, Myra, sometimes explanations just don't work. By all means, I do always encourage you to talk to your child, right? Don't over talk, but tell them in a non-reactive, non-emotional tone, because if we're reactive and emotional, they sometimes shut down and don't listen or react to our reaction, right? So in a non-reactive kind of tone, you can simply say, I can't let you go outside alone. It's not safe for a young child to be outside by themselves. And it's my job to keep you safe. Period. That's it. Don't go into long emotional about it. Just give them the information and put the safety locks on. (laughs) There's lots. I Googled it. There's so much that you could choose from. Okay, everybody. And do not depend on your child to do as you say, because you've told them it's not safe or because you've told them they're not allowed a toddler's reasoning brain is not adequately developed yet. They're not trying to be bad and do something against what you've said. They may not understand the cause and effect that is at stake here. So you, the parent, must take action. Either you or somebody handy in the family or your friendship circle needs to install some kind of a deadbolt, blah, 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 like you just need to take care of this issue right away, right away, okay? Even if a child is trying to learn how to open a door, do it then. Don't do it after they've gotten outside one time. We just don't want to have to face that, okay? And we do have... Uh, a whole episode on creating um, child safe environments and that's there's some stuff in there about locking doors.
0: Yes. Setting your littles up for success.
1: Awesome. And we can put the episode number in the show notes for that. Of course. Okay. Now, now that I've strongly said how much mm-hmm. we've got to take care of safety let's look at the behavioral issues a 2 year old who does not listen whatsoever anybody else i mean this is a pretty can
0: i can i add something before we get into that yeah yes, yes. it was just going through my head as you were talking about the safety part and it seems also like myra might my, or her daughter might be getting the biggest reaction out of Myra when she is escaping the home, because it is so dangerous. And that's exactly what, what she might be looking for to get just any attention or connection from her mom. Yes. Going through this change of separation and losing somebody else in your home that gives you attention and love maybe when your mom isn't because we're always (laughs) doing things around the house, but that just, went through my mind as you were explaining. And maybe since it's so dangerous, that's the best way she can get the most attention or reaction out of her mother.
1: Thank you. It's a really, really good point, Serena. Our children will seek our reaction, whether it's a positive or a negative reaction, when they are needing us in a way they may not be needing or wanting the negative reaction but at least some reaction is you know we are noticing them they get the they they get the message that yes we notice and absolutely i'm i'm guessing also that myra might be having that big big reaction to that good point thank you um so the 2 year old who's not listening uh the 2 year old fighting with the 1 year old S- uh, sibling stuff going on all the time and the 2-year-old having an attitude. I mean, in some ways this sounds like a 2-year-old.
0: <laughs> it sounds like
1: my kids. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so and I don't mean to make light of of your, you know, big feelings around what you're dealing with, Myra, and I want you to know that this sounds normal to some degree and it may be bigger for you and, you know, feeling impossible to deal with for you. And so I'm not making light of it. And I am just reminding you that these are some typical two-year-old behaviors and you may just be getting more of them, exaggerated form. Okay. And I I also want to acknowledge you for, Myra, for uh, starting off by telling us that your children's father had, and you had separated not long ago, because this indicates to me that you are to some degree aware that this behavior is likely related to the big changes you are all experiencing. So first, I want to give you some foundational tools to put into practice that may alleviate the behaviors from emerging in the first place. So again, everybody, with any big changes happening in your family, this is for all of you, whether it's positive change grandma coming to visit and stay for a while might elicit some of these behaviors as in Serena's case going off to daycare which her her toddler loves the school that she's going to now yeah. and there were some of these behaviors showing up right Serena oh yeah Yeah. And then the bigger and harder the change, like in Myra's situation with the separation, the bigger and harder the behaviors that she might be seeing. Okay. So when any change happens, here's some things that you can watch for. Behavioral regression. So things they know how to do, they will experience regression around Going to the toilet or, you know, the, whatever stage they're at in their toileting, going to sleep or whatever stage they're at in sleeping, you know, being able to fall asleep, being able to stay asleep, being able to sleep in their own bed, wherever they're at, um, eating, whether they're eating independently or needing you to feed them, um, whatever stage they're at in that. And then just basic listening is a skill that our young ones are learning. Any of their behavioral advances that they've been making as they grow through toddler years, you will, you need to expect that they will have regression. So if they've been toileting, they're going to have accidents. If they've been going to sleep by themselves, they're going to need you. If they've been sleeping in their own bed, they're going to come into your bed, maybe number of times a night, you know, that kind of thing. And that's normal. You need to expect it, and we need to remember that children, our children are not trying to be bad. They're not tr- bad, quote-unquote. You know me. I don't use the good and bad, but that's how, what sometimes how people feel, right? They're not trying to upset you or make your life miserable. Children are just doing their best for the age and stage and brain development that they're at. Even though the behavior can be frustrating and challenging for us, it might help to remember that regression is normal in times of change. This information is not to let them get away with unruly behavior, but rather to help us choose a compassionate and supportive route to take in our responses to them. We want to reinforce our boundaries and we want to have realistic behavioral expectations. So if they're having toileting accidents, say, we don't want to get angry at them about that. If they're climbing into bed or not being able to go to sleep by themselves or climbing into bed with us at night, we don't want to get frustrated with them about that. We need to be the bigger person. (laughs) We are the parent. We need to just, and it's hard, especially when it's something like separation Because you have huge feelings too, and you have conflicted thoughts and emotions going on inside you. So you mama, when you're going through some big changes, like if there is a separation or if there's a death in the family or any of the things that are going to trigger you, you need to take care of your needs. You need to have somebody that, that you can talk through things with so that you can be as level and compassionate there for your children as you can be, because we need to be that bigger person for our child. All right. The next thing that I want you to know um, that's really important when you're going through any changes, good or hard, positive or, or challenging, stick to your normal routines as much as possible. And this is going to be difficult for you, Myra, because now you're going to be a single mama trying to get two babies into bed. You're going to be a single mama trying to get two children toileting, you know, all the things, eating their food, all the things. And we feel for you. I did become a single mama. I understand how incredibly challenging it can be. Um, and as much as possible, you want to stick to your normal routines. If the change that you're experiencing in your world, listener, involves um, a move, a moving house or um, the change of the parents in, in the home, you are going to need to create some new routines. And I encourage you to do that as soon as possible. Routines provide security. We've said it so many times, right? Security and safety. Big changes, especially things like separation, threaten a child's deep sense of safety and security. Losing their sense of security can cause behavioral upheaval. This is why we want to create a secure environment as possible. Remember again, They're not, quote unquote, being bad. They're doing their best to navigate an unknown and possibly frightening for them situation. You, parent, you may know they are safe and they may not feel safe. So routines, routines, routines. Safety, security, okay? Okay. Another thing I'll suggest is you choose two to three favorite storybooks and two to three favorite songs to sing every night before bed and occasionally during the day. If there's a meltdown happening, if there's behavior happening, Serena, I'm hoping you can point our listeners to some of the episodes and it might be later on in your gems if you don't Don't have them ready um, to, to the ones about the importance of routines, our episode about that, having a routine and the episode about having a bedtime routine, that one, but we've had a few different ones and we really, really encourage you um, and, and help you to understand just how important this is for all of us to keep an even keel, right?
0: Yeah, it's funny. Actually, the first two other listener Q&As are really about routines as well. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, they'll all be in the show notes. But we do have a lot on the importance on routines because it's obviously very important.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you, mama, are going through big changes and your routines fall apart, don't take it on as a guilt thing. What I'm saying. Just do your best to navigate yourself back there. Because if we can circumvent these behaviors from happening, this not listening, this fighting with the sibling, this attitude, 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 if we can circumvent that by giving them the safety and security they need, and within those routines, within that safety and security, there will be more opportunities for us to build that deep, deep connection again. Yes, She, your two-year-old, needs connection so bad. And I want you to know, all of you, when our children's behavior is the worst, it's when they need our love the most. It's the time we don't feel like giving them the love. We, you know, we get angry, we get frustrated, we get reactionary. And I'm not saying if they're talking back at you and being, you know, just totally outrageous in their behavior, that you accept the behavior, you can say that behavior is not okay. I need that behavior to stop. And I love you. And when you're done with that that behavior, I'm going to be on the couch with a storybook and we're going to sit down and snuggle in together. So you come to me when you're ready for that. You need to put up your boundaries so we can give them the boundaries episode as well. You need to keep your boundaries firmly, but gently. That's the gentle parenting part, right? And you need to let them know I'm here for you. Meet them where I they're at. One, yeah, meet them where they're at. It's not okay for you to hit your little brother. I am not going to let you hit your little brother. I'm going to pick you up right now, take you over to the couch, and we can sing one of our silly songs or one of our sweet lullaby songs. Which one do you prefer? And she might be flailing around in your arms right now, and that's okay. You just gently but firmly hold her and say, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you. Your little girl needs to feel safe, right? So if you choose two or three picture books, two or three songs, they're going to be your touchstones. They're going to be the ones when a child hears a story a million times in their childhood, it's because that story is familiar and familiarity equals safety and security. It all leads back to safety and security, okay? Singing a favorite song, same thing.
0: And I I think the sticking to normal routines is such a big thing because, honestly, for me, it's one of the hardest things, is just even maintaining a consistent routine. And to be able to read two to three stories at night, we have to be able to... We have to have a routine and take that time to prepare our next day and to know what's coming ahead for us as adults to -hmm. have that time at the end of the day where we can calmly read them a book because we've gone through the routines, (laughs) hopefully somewhat smooth. But if we have inconsistent days, they usually end in lots of frustration And maybe a baby, a kid going to bed crying or us going to bed exhausted and upset. And maybe there are no times for those stories, because even in one of our episodes, you mentioned um, the numbers of how many kids are even being read stories at night. And it's sadly very low. But it's, I think, coming from that lack of maintaining consistent routines, because that's honestly even... Doing this podcast and knowing these things, and for two years hearing it over and over again, routines is one of the hardest things for me. Mm-hmm. Meal yeah. planning and getting through bath yeah. time, getting the laundry done, and getting the kids dressed, and just all of it—it's
1: yeah. And and when I talk about routines, I am talking about those really basics. So after dinner, having the Bath, the teeth brushing, the jammies, and the story like, keep it simple. Don't make your routines full of eight to 10 details, right? Choosing your clothes at night to go to get ready to get out the door in the morning, you know, all the routines that you can possibly do. And thank you, Serena. I love the the combination of you and I together because you bring it, you bring the real, you bring it. You're like, (laughs) I got two toddlers, here's how it is. (laughs) I can't always do the routines, Emma. <laughs> and I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And I have to just remind my listeners, our listeners, I have not been a mama of a toddler for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. So I love that you bring the real. Thank you. Um, just a little bit more about this picture books. If you're going through a big change, like a separation or a death in the family or moving to a new house or a new sibling coming, those big, big, big changes or a set parent coming in, whatever, find picture books, search your topic, find picture books that speak about the topic and read those books. Read that book to your child. It can really help to show a child that they're not alone. They are not the only child on the planet going through this. We know they're not. But for them, this is brand new and big and scary. Okay? Singing songs to our children, I want to say, especially at night, but anytime, is one of the most calming parenting tools we can offer. Singing and reading stories throughout the day, if at all possible, it's an opportunity to connect. And I want to encourage you to do those things when it's not in a dire need moment, when it's in a calm moment. Hey, I feel like having a little sit down on the couch and reading a story. And you know what, if they, if, if they don't come to you right away, you just sit down and start reading that story out loud. And you could bet one or two of those toddlers may just be curling up beside you soon. Right. Mm -hmm. So just create the space to connect as often as you can. And remember to keep reaching out to your people, Mama, so that you can get the connection you need with another adult. I also want to encourage you to speak to your littles about the changes that are occurring. Sometimes we think we don't want to talk about it because it might upset them. But if we don't talk about it, it stays kind of in the dark and it makes it a little bit of a taboo subject, Like we're not supposed to talk about it. Something bad is happening and we can't talk about it. So this one's really important. Um, I want you to use simple explanations. You know, if it's a separation between mom and dad, if there's a death in the family, it might be really hard for you, but I want you to use a simple explanation without a huge amount of emotion, if possible. And just make it something that children can understand. Uh, And my example would be mama and daddy have discovered that we need to live in separate houses. We tried to make it work, all of us living together, but we actually believe that it will be best for all of us if we live separately now. And I get that this is really going to feel hard for you for a while. It's going to take some adjustment for all of us and it will get easier, I promise but we're going to go through this together and I'm here for you. Something really simple. I want you to remember not to talk negatively about the other parent. If you're going through a separation, do not talk. Ne- or if you're not going to <laughs> <a separation>, right? <laughs> don't parent bash the other parent, because we need to remember your child's DNA is connected to you and the other parent. If you bash the other parent, you're bashing that part of their personal DNA. And that's how it will land in their body. Okay. Very important. Um, and even if you think your child is too young to understand, I want you to tell them anyway, just a simple sentence or two, like I just gave you as an example. And if the child is, is, is having a meltdown or being angry or giving you some attitude, you know, don't do it in those moments. Like put your boundaries up, calm the behavior down, get your reconnection and then go, you know, separating can be hard. Not having daddy in the house can be hard. I'm sorry it's feeling hard for you. It's feeling hard for me too, but I've got you. And we're going to get through this anytime you can. Reconnection, affirmation that we're going to be okay. If the child has questions, um, acknowledging their struggle, a child might ask, why can't daddy live here? And they might ask it a million, kazillion times. There may not be a sufficient answer, but if they're asking questions, you might want to just say, you know, there may not be an answer. So you can also just say, I know it's confusing that daddy doesn't live here now. And it might feel scary for you, or it might be you might make you angry. Or it might just be upsetting. I get it. And I want you to know I'm here Would a hug help right now. You don't always have to answer that why question. But you do need to acknowledge it. And just acknowledge what's under it. It's confusing. It's hard. It's upsetting. I'm here. Is there something that could help? Maybe a hug. All right. (sighs) Acknowledging feelings. Acknowledging feelings. Um, Acknowledging feelings. Even the possibility of feelings. So that they know that having big feelings is normal and okay. You might have some big feelings about this change, about the fact that daddy's not living here. You might have some really big feelings. And I want you to know it's okay. And I have them too. I have big feelings. And I have some friends or, you know, relations, whoever you're talking to. I'm getting my support. And I am here to give you your support. And you can say these things to a two-year-old. You can say these things to a one-year-old. You can just, and they're going to hear the tone. They're going to hear the support in your voice. Okay. As your mama, it's my job to help you feel safe. Even when this feels scary or upsetting. I'm here. I have hugs and I have ears for listening. All right. Um, And the last one on here is just assuring your child that the separation is not their fault. Children will automatically think that they did something. Maybe they were bad. Maybe they, you know, if you if they'd been acting out before the separation happened and getting in a bit more tr- trouble than usual, they might think it's their fault. And even if they didn't say anything about it, you might say, you know, Daddy and I separating is not about you. You did nothing wrong. It's just that sometimes stuff happens with adults that is tricky and it's hard to navigate. And we just need to live separately now, but it's not your fault. You did nothing wrong. Acting out can be an indicator and is most often an indicator of some kind of distress. That distress needs an outlet Physical outlets can help. So if your child is acting out all the time, Myra, get outside. Get outside, go to a park, go to a beach, go to a big field, go to a mountain to climb, do whatever you can to get those little toddlers moving their bodies. Move their bodies every day. If the weather's bad, turn on some music really loud and you and them, you just all have a big, huge dance party. And you might just scream, sing, scream. Sing. You know how we are adults, you know how we are. And we're go- going through something difficult. And for me, it's in my car. I just crank the tunes and yeah, I sing a- as loud as I can. And when I get to the stoplight, I'm like doing the car dance, You know, like just let it out. Right. So get that energy out if there is distress um, behavior happening de-escalate through a physical energy outlet and then connect. Okay. I love that. So I think, is there anything specific to, I think there's a lot there that will hopefully um, lessen those specific uh, behaviors that you mentioned, Myra. We, I didn't really get to, but we're running pretty long here. So I didn't really get to the very, very specifics. But I do think with everything I gave you as kind of preventative measures, that's what I'm going to call these preventative measures for the behavior that you're experiencing, and the specific episodes that Serena is going to point to in, in um, an intro or an outro that you're going to add Serena, right? Yes, of course. And then the show notes. Okay. So we'll leave it there. I think anything else at your end?
0: Um, I think just the main point is that her daughter is probably looking for some more connection. And I saw that in my daughter, when she was starting daycare and, it's about keeping those routines, keeping those consistent boundaries as well, and just trying to connect as much as you can. And yeah, the yeah. best way is usually through play. Play is their language. And sometimes we just want to connect. So we'll sit next to them and try to talk to them. <laughs> They're like not <laughs> feeling a conversation, <laughs> but they would just love to play with us and If we can let go of all of the stress that we're going through in that moment and just be present with them and play with them, I think, or read and sing, those are the best moments for connection. And I think those are the most powerful tools to
1: get back in sync with your little ones. Yes. Thank you, Serena. You are brilliant. (laughs) Bringing in the play, bringing in the play element, find ways to laugh together. Yeah, Laughing is such an empowering outlet. It can shift the mood, change the mood, not the mind, shift that mood, make it playful whenever possible, play with them, you know, have little wrestling fun times on the couch or on the floor rolling around you know get on a swing beside them and swing 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 of course a 2 year olds going to want to be pushed on the swing but get the two-year-old and, the, and your one-year-old going and then and then you sit on a swing beside them and just do your very best to have some fun i love that serena that's a beautiful note to end on thank you
0: thank you and thank you myra for writing into us and and letting yes. us be there to help and support you as much as we can Mm -hmm.
1: And please do um, write to us again and, and let us know which of these things helped you and, and we can share that at another time. Thank you, all of you for listening. We love you. And we hope that these help with whatever big, uh, big um, emotions and big behaviors you're experiencing with your little (laughs) ones, no matter what's going on at your house. Okay, we love you. All right, so
0: I want to give you a quick recap and then share with you my main gem from today's episode. Number one, expect regression, it's normal. Remember our kids are doing the best for their age and stage and brain development. We have to meet them where they are at. Number two, stick to your normal routines. They provide security and safety and this is so important for our littles, especially during times of big change. Number three is read a book, sing songs, of course, always required. (laughs) by the singing Emma. These are amazing ways to connect with your kids. Number four is speak to your littles about what's happening. And in this, acknowledge their feelings. Acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge. And number five is move their bodies. Dance parties are required here. All right, it's going to help you so much. It's so easy, and you probably need one too. So have a dance party with your little. And then what I wanted to add there is also that it's going to take an adjustment period. So with my daughter, it took two weeks of hard goodbyes and big upsets um, for her to adjust. And now, thankfully, she is, for now, (laughs) Content with going to daycare. It was hard, and she started displaying very unwanted behaviors. She changed, she was not acting like herself, and thankfully, I was able to see that she really just needed connection. She was out of the home eight hours a day, which is a huge change, five days a week, and she missed her mom and dad. So We just try to schedule in some more one-on-one time, going for bike rides, and doing special things. So I'm kind of happy because it makes our moments together a little more special now. And so my gem for today's episode is find ways to laugh together. Because this is going to be the best way you can connect. This is going to be the, the best medicine for their difficult behaviors, they're probably just needing some connection. And the best way to connect with our littles is through play and laughing and having a good time. I just wanted to thank you, Myra, so much for writing in and sharing what you are experiencing. You are helping so many other mothers out there just by asking us and getting us to do this episode thank you mamas for being here with us and we will see you next week